All right. We're continuing on with our journey through the Garden of Eden. You know, and uh, as usual, we're going to start off with a short poem that y'all gave me. Uh, and it's called The World of Scripture. It says, welcome to my world. A place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning. And when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here, swords are likened to the word, the demons of bird, the dead are yet alive, and the living are actually dead. Blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they're later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place awesome world of scripture so please turn off your phones perk up your ears and get ready to listen for the rock copy gush is about to begin to yeah all right so we're continuing on with this uh sub series in the garden of eden which is called know your role amen okay. and it's all about men and women of elohim knowing their role Hallelujah. you know uh which is uh actually an essential subject right yeah yeah so thus far, we determined that the woman role can be seen in the priesthood, you know? And we have the man's role can be seen in the prophets, the carriers of the message, right? You know, now, that said, there are some similarity and, and differences with both of these roles, with the priesthood that represents the women as well as the prophet that represents um, the man, the man's role. You know, so we're going to take a look at some of those similarities. Amen. Okay. All right. First of all, leaders. Both roles are a type of leader. You know, uh, the priests are our type of um, leader, but so are the prophets. They are, they are type of leader, strange type of leader, but type of leader all nonetheless. Amen. Both of them are here to protect and serve. You know, and so that's important to know. You know, they both they both share share that responsibility. They both protect and serve. You know, both of them offer sacrifices. You know, and both of them do a lot of praying. You know, uh, not only to cover themselves, but to cover, you know, uh, their loved ones and all of Israel. Amen. Amen. You know, so. They have they have all these similarities, uh, and they both are disciplinarians in all actuality. You know, um, both the priest as well as the prophet are disciplinarians. You know, and so we see all these things that the priest and the prophet have in common. Now we're going to take a look and find some differences. You know, because. Uh, they don't share everything in common. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Let's consider Exodus 19:5. It says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, 
then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And then verse six goes on to say, and you shall become, and ye shall be to me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Hallelujah. And then we have it reiterated in First Kings two nine. Says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, yes. So it is. We have the priesthood, again, which speaks to the role of the woman or the wife or mother, if you would. You know the roles that the women play you know and she can be likened unto a rib she's made from a rib amen mm -hmm. even as the priesthood can be likened unto a rib you know these tents that surround the tabernacle which represents the different organs in the torso you know can be likened unto the flesh that is naturally upon the ribs you know, and so what we see here is a picture um, of the priesthood, even as the priesthood is that flesh that's attached to the tabernacle. Everywhere the tabernacle went, it went with the priests. The priests were the ones who carried it. Just as, you know, um, with the ribs, the flesh is the ones that carry, carry it around. You know, uh, they support each other. And this is what what uh, this picture entails, you know. And so uh, we went over about the furniture and how it corresponded with the different organs that's within the torso, you know. And so we see a beautiful picture of the tabernacle of Elohim correlating with the torso and the rib that was uh, made that woman was made out of, you know, being a part of the natural. The natural protection for the tabernacle, which again is the priesthood. Now, I want you to take note that the priest or the woman is essentially a rib, as I was just saying, you know, thereby making them natural protectors of the torso and everything in it um, and everything it entails and correlate with uh, those things such as the holy place. Now, in the holy place is, of course, the holy things of Elohim, you know, uh, which were, you know, quite set apart. Even as, you know, in your torso, your organs are set apart. You know, they're in a separate place, set apart from the rest of the body. They're in their own little encased section, right? You know, and now um, the torso or holy places where all the vital organs or the essential aspects of our faith reside. The ancient people of scripture <clears throat> viewed it as the seat of our emotions. And this is important to understand because uh, when you look at, you know, women, they're naturally emotional. You know, uh, this is something that's been noted, you know, throughout history for quite a while. But the point that I wanna make is 
that even as it corresponds with the organs, the, even as the furniture within the holy place correspond with the organs, you know, the organs in scripture are also centered about the emotions of Israel or the emotions of a person. You know, so let me have my first reader read uh, the passages that's on the screen, Genesis 6, 6, Exodus 4, 14, Leviticus 19, 17, and Genesis 43, 30, please. Genesis, Genesis 6, 6, and repented Yahuwah that he had made man on the earth and grieved him at his heart. Exodus 4, 14, and the anger of Yahuwah was kindled against Moshe, and he said, is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and also behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Leviticus 19.17 Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Genesis 43.30 And Yosef made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. Hallelujah. Okay, so hereby we learned that you know, that grief and gladness and hatred is associated with the heart. Amen. And that yearning, you know, uh, or lusting, if you would, you know, is associated with the bowels. Also, um, we have a second witness for for the bowels and Lamentations 120. It says, Behold, O Yahuwah, for I am in distress. My bowels are troubled. You know, my heart is turned within me. I have grievously rebelled abroad. The sword, the reva at, um, at home there is as death. And so we see here that the vows, you know, um, coincide with feeling troubled and distressed. You know, um, let me have my next reader uh, continue to read the other passages. Uh, Col uh, Colossians 3.12, 1st Yochanan 3.17, Psalm 73.21. Proverbs 236611 Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. Yea, my reins shall rejoice when the lips speak right things, that ye may suck and be satisfied with breasts of her consolations, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. Hallelujah. Okay, so Colossians 3.12 spoke of the bowels of mercies, and so associating with the bowels with also with... Uh, the emotion of mercy, you know, and we have uh, also another uh, witness to the bowels being, you know, part of the emotions, you know, in First Yochanan 3.17, it spoke of the bowels of compassion, you know, and in Psalm 73.21, it spoke of being pricked in the in their in the, my reins the reins this word reins is actually this um the exact same word as kidneys 
you know, and so it's it's literally saying I was pricking my kidneys, mm. you know, and also in Proverbs twenty three sixteen says um say yay my reins shall rejoice or my kidneys shall rejoice, you know, and then in Yeshayahu sixty six eleven, you know, it spoke of the breast of her consolations, so I, I pray that you can see like. You know, all of these parts are in the torso. Mm -hmm. You know, it continue uh, continue on with some a few more examples in Luke twenty three forty eight, Nahum uh, two seven, Numbers five fourteen, First Kings twenty one five, and Second Timothy one seven. My next reader, please. And all the people that came together to to that site, beholding the things which were done smote their breasts and returned. And Hobazab, Hobazab shall be led away captive. She shall be brought up and her maid shall lend her as with, lead her as with the voice of doves. Tabering, tabering upon their breasts and the spirit of jealousy came upon him and he be jealous of his wife and she be defiled or if the spirit of jealousy come upon him and he be jealous of his wife and he shall not be defiled but Jezebel his wife came to him and said unto him why is the why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread for Elohim hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound of mind. <coughs> okay. So here, hereby we, we see Luke 23:48, you know, uh, spoke of the smiting of, the, of their breast, you know, and you know, the smiting of the breast, you know, uh, you know, was a was a uh, a symbol of grief. Uh, not grief, but guilt symbol of uh well grief grief and guilt you know and then we have Huzab uh in Nahum 2 7 you know we see a, a tapering upon the breast tapering is just no school word for smiting the breast you know saying saying the same thing you know and again it's a show of uh of grief you know and then we have uh numbers 514 which spoke of the spirit of jealousy or the ruach of jealousy. And the ruach, you know, um, speaks to the lungs because um, the word ruach means wind. And the wind of the body is the lungs. That's where the air comes in, right? And so in 1 Kings 21, 5, we also have the ruach associated with sadness, you know, and in 2 Timothy 1, 7, we had a ruach associated with fear you know, as well as love in a sound mind or a peaceful mind and a power, powerful mind, you know. Uh, and so, again, Uruk speaks to the lungs where the air is, you know. Now, this should be more than sufficient to show that the torso or the holy place is the seat of the uh, seat of emotions, you know, uh, you know, for one's body as well as um, it was for all of Israel. You know, now, this uh in turn teaches us that 
it's the priest or women's woman's role to protect and serve the holy emotions of Yahuwah Elohim. You know, and so, you know, women, it's, it's your role as woman, as wife, as mother, you know, to protect and serve the holy emotions of Yahuwah. What, what are the holy emotions of Yahuwah? Well, how about Yah's love? You know, you're to protect and serve Yah's love. You know, what about the joy that comes from, from Yah? You know, you're to protect and serve that joy. You know, and, you know, lest you forget, joy is not a destination. Mm. You know, it's a state of mind. And you can enter into it anytime you like. You know, and that's the beautiful thing about the joy of Yahuwah. You know, you don't have to wait to enter into it. You know, and so here it is. It's, we see that it's the priest or in, in the woman's role to protect these emotions of Yahuwah. You know, Yahoo is not going to, you got, um, it's your role to make certain that he doesn't get jealous. Amen. You know, uh, if you're not running around with other gods, you know, then, you know, he has no reason to get jealous. Amen. You know, and so, you know, this is, this is one of the things that you, you know, we have to take into account, you know, and so here it is. This is the seat of the emotions. And so this is um, something that, uh, that, uh, women need to be cognizant of and you know and protect yah's emotions you know never mind your own protect yah's emotions you know first and foremost amen yeah. all right and so then we had even as the torso represented the uh the priesthood and, and which represented the women the woman and we have the prophet you know, who is, can be likened unto the Holy of Holies, you know, for the prophet is the, is the head of the man, you know, and even as the Holy of Holies, you know, represented that which is in the head of the man, you know, so we see what's supposed to be in the man of Elohim is what was found in the Holy of Holies, which is the word of Elohim. You know, testimony of Yahshua. Amen. You know, so these are the things that's supposed to be found up in the head of head of the man of Elohim. You know, so uh the prophets are the carriers of the message, you know, and they represent the mouth, the eyes, the nose, the ears, and the hands. Uh, Elohim, you know, and within their role, you can see the role of the man as well, even as you could with the woman in the priesthood. You know, let us consider First Samuel nine nine. It says, "Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of Elohim, thus he spake: Come and let us go to the seer, for he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer." And then we have 1 Chronicles 29, 29. It says, now the acts of David, the king, first and last. Behold, they are written in the book of Samuel, the seer, and in the book of Nathan, the prophet, and in the book of God, the seer. All right. And so um, I want you to see that the prophet was a seer, you know. So 
see you see with your eyes that's a type of the eyes of elohim now it spoke of nathan the prophet and the book of gad the seer interesting thing is both of these um nathan and and gad were contemporaries and they both were contemporaries of king david you know, and they both served David. One served him as his prophet, the other as his seer, say lot. You know, now the prophet represents the, you know, in this sense, separate from the seer, represents the, the ears of Elohim, whereas the seer represents the eyes of Elohim. Because the seer sees sees the visions of Elohim, whereby the prophets hear the words of Elohim. You know, and so we have First Kings 19, 12, and 13. It says, and after the earthquake, a fire, but Yahuwah was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Eliyahu heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Eliyahu? And so, of course, we, we see Eliyahu actually hearing of Elohim. And then we have Exodus 3, 3 and 4. And Moshe said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when Yahuwah saw that, he turned aside to see Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moshe, Moshe. And he said, here am I. You know, again, he's hearing of Elohim. And hence, he, the prophets also were the ears of Elohim in, in that they heard the word of Elohim. Uh, okay, that's why I got mixed up. Nevertheless, we're going to keep it moving. So we have Exodus 18, um, 1 Samuel 9, 9, you know, uh, which also speaks to the ears of Elohim. First uh, Samuel 9, 9 says, before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of Elohim, you know, why did they go and inquire of Elohim? Because uh, to the prophet, you know, because the prophet, speaking to the prophet was like speaking to Elohim, you know, and so we see this again in Exodus 18, 15, where it says, and Moshe said unto his father-in-law, because the people come unto me, to inquire of Elohim again, they was coming unto Moshe to inquire of him because it was even like inquiring of Elohim, you know. And again, speaking to the prophets being the ears of Elohim. And Exodus eighteen sixteen says, and when they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and the other, one and another, and I do make them to know the statutes of Elohim and His Torah, you know, and to judge between one and another is the role of the nose. That's actually what the nose does. It, it, dis, it discerns, you know, to discern, you know, is to judge in, in, a, in a sense, you know, very strong sense. And um, also we have 1 Samuel seven fifteen, you know, which says, and Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. You know, again, you know, uh, if you, if you can't see, or sometimes you can see, and you, you look at something, you know, maybe some food or something, and uh, it looks great, you know, but your nose tells you, nah, 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 you better not eat that, you know, <laughs> you know, 
uh, that's how the judge was, you know, um, you know, he discerned what was pleasing to Yah and what wasn't and what should come of it, you know, keep it, toss it, you know, demolish it, what, you know, let me have my next reader read uh, the next series of passages on the uh, screen. First Kings 20, 35 and 36, Second Chronicles 36, 11 and 12, First Samuel 3, 19 and First Kings 19, uh, verses 15 and 16. And a certain man of the sons of the prophets said unto his neighbor in the word of Yahuwah, Smite me, I pray thee. And the man refused to smite him. Then said he unto him, Because thou hast not obeyed the voice of Yahuwah, behold, as soon as thou art departed from me, a lion shall slay thee. And as soon as he was departed from him, a lion found him and slew him. Second Chronicles 36. Chapter 36, verse 11 through 12. Zedekiah was one and 20 years old when he began to reign, and reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahuwah, his Elohim, and humbled himself, and humbled not himself before Jeremiah, the prophet, speaking from the mouth of Yahuwah. 1 Samuel 3:19. And Samuel grew, and Yahuwah was with him, and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. First Kings 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 15 and 16. And Yahuwah said unto him, Go return on, thou, on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, and Yahu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat at, um, of Abel Maholal, Mahola, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is in First Kings 20, 35 and 36. We see it said, uh, said unto his neighbor, the word of Yahuwah, smite me, I pray thee. And um, because he refused, he had he hadn't obeyed the voice of Yahuwah. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is alluding to the prophet, you know, being the mouth of Yahuwah. Mm -hmm. You know, and because he didn't obey the mouth of Yahuwah, a lion found him and slew him. You know, so let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> you know, uh, we have Second Chronicles 36, 12, uh, where it teaches us, it told us that Yermi Yahu is the prophet speaking from the mouth of Yahuwah. Again, alluding that the prophet, you know, is type of mouthpiece of Yahuwah. And also, 1 Samuel 3, 19, where it speaks about Samuel and said that Yah did let none of his words fall to the ground because mm -hmm. his words was even as Yah's words, yeah. you know. And then we have 1 Kings 19, um, chapter 19, verses 15 and 16, where we see this is speaking about Eli, um, Eliyahu, and it's telling them to go and anoint Hazael, as well as um, to be king over Syria and anoint um Yahu or Yahu, you know, to, to be king over Israel and to anoint Elisha to be the next prophet, you know, in his stead. You know, and this is uh, just a picture of uh, the prophet being the hands and feet of Elohim, you know, going where he tells him to go and doing what he telling them to do, you know. You know, and 
Then we have a couple more witnesses in Exodus 15, 6. It says, thy right hand, O Yahuwah, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Yahuwah, have dashed in pieces the enemy that thy, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's another verse. Okay, so what I'm pointing out here is that the right hand of Yahuwah represents his power. And so when his prophets, you know, exercised his power, they were also being his hand, you know. And so we see a second witness to this in Psalms 108.6. It says, that thy beloved may be delivered, saved with thy right hand, and answer me. You know, again, alluding to the strength and the power that's in the right hand, you know. Then we have 1 Kings 13, 1 through 5. And behold, there came a man of Elohim out of Yahuda by the word of Yahuwah unto Bethel. You know, and this is, of course, the most famous no-name prophet in scripture. Um, you know, I, I love this story. It says, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of Yahuwah and said, oh, altar, altar, thus saith Yahuwah. Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon these shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which Yahuwah have spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of Elohim, which had cried against the altar of Bethel, the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up so that he could not pull it in again to him. And the altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of Elohim had given by the word of Yahuwah. And so we see the right hand of Yah at work, his power at work, you know, even when the king is coming up against mm -hmm. the prophet, we see he get checked, you know, because the prophet, you know, was as the right hand of Elohim. Also, uh, let us consider 2 Kings uh, 1, 10 through 13, which also shows the prophet as the right hand of Elohim, the power of Elohim. And this is a story about Eliyahu. It says, and Eliyahu answered and said to the captain of 50, if I be a man of Elohim, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee in thy 50. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him in his 50. Again, also he sent unto him another captain of 50 with his 50. And he answered and said unto him, O man of Elohim, thus saith the king, said, come down quickly. And then Eliyahu answered and said unto him, unto them, if I be a man of Elohim, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee in thy 50. And the fire of Elohim came down from heaven and consumed him in his 50. And he sent again a captain of the third 50 with his 50. And the third captain of the 50 went up and fell on his knees before Eliyahu and besought him. And, you know, um, he would eventually go with him. You know, but uh, again, you can see that the prophet was utilized as the right hand of Elohim, the power of Elohim. So I pray that one can now see that via the prophets of Elohim, you know, that is how Yah interacts. It's, they're, they're actually how he interacts with the peoples of the earth. 
They are the eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, the hands and feet of Elohim, you know, and, you know, so they are what he used, who he utilizes to do his bidding. That said, even though there are quite a few similarities betwixt the two, uh, there are, you, we do see that there are some major differences, you know, even though we do see similarities between the priest and the prophet, there are some major uh, disparities or differences as well. You know, it is the Levite or woman's role to protect and serve the household of Elohim against any and all of Israel who oppose the word of Elohim. You know, whereas it is the prophet's or man's role to protect and serve all of Israel as well as the Levites from any and all threats uh, within Israel and the world at large. You know, and so what I want you to see is that a rib, you know, protects the internal um, parts of man, you know, but man, you know, the prophet in his role, he protected the outer parts, you know, he's the one who interfaced with the world, you know, so where is the woman's responsibility you know, even as it was the Levites to keep the household of Elohim in order. You know, it was the prophet or man's responsibility to keep all aspects of Israel, including the, the woman in order. You know, so, you know, that for the priest, the prophet kept the priest in order who represents the woman. So it was his responsibility to keep everything in order because he was as the head that is Yah, you know, his eyes, his ears, his, his nose, his mouth, his hands, his feet. And so this is why we see Yah utilizing his prophets to check his priests. You know, and Yahoo 5.31 says, the prophets prophesied falsely and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. And what will ye do? in the end thereof, mm -hmm. you know, and so we see the prophet speaking to the false prophets, mm -hmm. you know, as well as the priest and the people, mm -hmm. you know, also Malachi 2.1. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. And then he started cutting into them pretty strong, mm -hmm. you know, and so Yah was using the prophet again to correct his priest, you know, and then we have Hosea 5.1. Hear ye this, O priests. And hearken, ye house of Israel, and give ye ear, O house of the king, for judgment is toward you, because ye have been a snare on Mitzpah and a net spread upon Tabor. You know, and so here it is again. We see the prophet of Elohim checking the priest, checking the house of Israel, and checking the king. You know, so, you know, no one, you had to go through Yah. In order to get to the prophet, you know, um, you know, he was you know, Yah used him above everyone, you know, he made sure everything stayed in line, you know, and he 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 represents the man of the household, you know, in doing so. And we have Micah 311 says, the heads thereof judge for reward, and the priests thereof teach for hire, and the prophets thereof divine for money. Yet they lean upon Yahuwah. And say, is not Yahuwah among us? Mm. 
none evil can come upon us. And we know that's the truth. You know, but again, we see God's prophet. You know, here it is. He's checking the leadership. He's checking the priest. Checking the false prophets. You know, and the people as a whole. And so this is the responsibility of the man in the household is even as the prophet was in Israel, you know, to be the eyes, ears, nose, mouth, hands, and feet of Elohim. You know, and so even though it's where it's the woman's role to protect the word of Elohim that she's been given, you know, to teach that word that she's that's, that's she's been given to understand that word, you know, which is on why the menorah, she's in charge of the menorah, she's in charge of the table of showbread, you know, so she has the word, she has some understanding of the word, you know, and she's to protect that word and anything that opposed that word, even the husband himself, you know, or the man himself, you know, that was, that was her job, that's her, that's her duty, you know, but you also have to see the role of the man, you know, because the word comes through the man, you know, so she protects the word that was given, whereas the prophet brings the word for to, for now, you know, so, you know, and all the word that she's protecting came through the prophets, you know, so again, you see this, this dynamic of the male, female, and how the household of Elohim should should look and how it should run you know now exodus 19 6 says um said you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation you know and so this kingdom of priests actually speaks to the priesthood you know and a holy nation actually speaks to the children of israel you know but it also spoke of a peculiar people and those peculiar people spoke to the prophets you know and even as we read about in first keepers 2 9 and 10 and in exodus you know it speaks of them as a peculiar treasure at least it calls them a peculiar treasure in the kjv um now but this is something that i want you to know and understand you know because the prophets are a peculiar people. They are a peculiar bunch. You know, the priesthood, as well as the kings, are, are like those that were called. You know, they come through, they come through the lineage or the, the bloodline. You know, and so everyone that's born in that bloodline was called to be that particular thing. So all of um, Aaron's sons were called to be priests. Whether they chose to be priests or not, just being born in that family, they were called to be. They were called to be priests. Now that doesn't mean that they couldn't they couldn't refuse it. They most certainly could. And of course there would have been consequences to that. Nevertheless, that was still their option. You know, but the point that I'm trying to show you is that they were called where the peculiar people, the prophets were chosen, you know, and 
I'm gonna show you just how peculiar Yah's prophets were, you know, um, just, just a tad bit. Genesis 6, 13 and 14, it says, and Elohim said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Then he says, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute because if you don't think about it for a minute, you may, it may pass you by. You know, you may not see the peculiarity that's being brought forth. You know, but here it is. You know, you have a prophet, Noah, that was being told to build an ark because there was a flood of rain coming when it never rained. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine how all the people around him was looking at him? What all the people around him was thinking of when he was building this huge ark, talking about a flood was coming and that water was going to fall from the sky when it never rained. How do you think they was looking at old Noah? You think they thought he was sane? Or maybe they thought he kind of, you know, slid, slid off his crack, so to speak. You know, also let us consider uh, another prophet. In Genesis 12, one through three, we have, um, speaks about Aaron. Says, now Yahuwah has said unto Aaron, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land which I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee, all families of the earth be blessed. In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Wonderful promises, right? But I, what I want you to understand is that, like, things were a lot different back in, in Auburn's time. You know, for you to for you to leave the land of your fathers was for you to leave your protection. It was for you to leave your backing. You know, it was for you to, to leave, you know, everything your father had worked for. You know, Abram just packed up and left. Now, can you imagine how all his family and everybody around him was looking at? Because here it is, he telling them, yeah, I'm about to raise up out of here. I'm, you know, I'm out, you know. And they're like, well, where you going, eh? You know, um, well, actually, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you know, God told me to go, so I'm going. Well, where he tell you to go? He said, yeah, show me. Really? How do you think they was looking at him? What do you think they was thinking about him? They was probably thinking he's not the sharpest um, pencil in the, in the can, right? You know, I, I want you to be able to see this because, you know, you need to be able to see the peculiarity, you know, of the man of Elohim. You know, because if you can't see the peculiarity of the man of Elohim, then you, you, you might get a little misconstrued you know, when, when, when he's before you and you see him doing something strange and, and you know, and you may think he crazy. 
but he just not he not crazy. He just following the ways of Yah, and Yah's ways is above man's ways. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a look at another one. Consider uh, we're gonna consider uh, Moshe, Exodus five one through three. It says, and afterward Moshe and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus saith Yahuwah Elohim of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is Yahuwah? That I said, obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not Yahuwah, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, the Elohim of the Hebrews have met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto Yahuwah, our Elohim, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. Now, just to put this in perspective, I want, I want, you, to, uh, I want you to think of it like this. Imagine you woke up tomorrow and y'all told you to go to the president. Um, who's y'all president at this time? Um, what, what's it? Okay, uh, well, whoever the president of the US is right now, 46. who 46 Biden. Okay, yeah, so here it is. Just imagine it's like. He said, okay, go to this Biden guy, you know, and tell him to let everybody that's of Israel in, in the U.S. go. So that they can, so that they can uh, worship me in the wilderness, you know, and hold a feast unto me. You know, now imagine this, you know, like 400 years ago, though, when slavery was, was prevalent. And that those slaves was Israel. And so here it is. He went, went to, you know, whatever the president was back then. Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah, or, or whoever, many of them, you know. And here it is. Now, now keep in mind now, you know, the US is one of the most powerful countries, if not the most powerful country in the world, you know. And so I want you to keep that in mind. So, you know, because Miss Raim during this time was also one of the most powerful countries in the world. You know, and you go in there and you're telling them, hey, you know, Yahuwah said, let us go. <laughs> Can you imagine how they looked at him? Him and his brother? Can you imagine what they were thinking? I mean, seriously, you know, think about that. Also, let's consider Ezekiel. Oh, man, my man, Ezekiel. You know, Ezekiel 4, 1 through 6, it says, And thou also, son of man, take thee a tile and lay it before thee and portray upon it the city, even Jerusalem. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Here it is. He took this tile, this, this big tile, and he started drawing on it. You know, and he portrayed the city of Jerusalem. And he says, and lay siege against it and build a fort against it and cast a mount against it and set the camp also against it and set battering rams against it round about. Okay, so you got this beautiful picture going on, you know, uh, of Jerusalem. And, you, you know, you have, have you know, these armies coming up against it, you know, the, arm, the uh, mountain in the background and all this, that, that and the other. Now he says, in verse three, moreover, take thou unto an iron pan, 
and set it for a wall between thee and the city. Okay, now things done got a little weirded out, you know. So now, you know, you got the picture here, you got this iron pan and you in between, you know. And it says, and set thy face against it and it shall be besieged and thou shalt lay siege against it. This shall be a sign to the house of Israel. Now he says, lie thou also upon thy left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it, according to the number of days that thou shalt lie upon it, thou shalt bear their iniquity. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity, according to the number of the days, 390 days. So shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. Now, I want you to get this now. You know, here it is, Yato. Make this, this mural or this big picture you know, with these, you know, certain characteristics in the picture and then take an iron pan and you set it for a wall, you know, and then here it is, you just sleep in betwixt it. All right. But you don't just sleep. You got to lie on your left side. For 390 days. You know, so we're talking about over a year, right? 390 days, you got to lay out there you know, and lay on your left side. Then after 390 days, he says, and when thou has accomplished them, lie again on thy right side. Now, hold on. Now, for 390 days, folks walking by saying, man, why are you out here like this? Man? You know, why, why? And then why are you always on your left side? Don't your left side hurt by now? Mm -hmm. And he's like, nah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, this is what I got to do. You know, oh, okay. And then after 390 days, now he's laying on his right side. Well, I thought I thought you said, you know, he told you to lay on your left side. Well, yeah, but now, you know, I'm doing it for, uh, for Yahoo, so now I got to lay on my right side. What? How long you got to do that? Oh, 40 days. You know, I just want you to think about this, you know, so that you can see how peculiar Yah's prophets are. Now, we're going to jump down to verses 11 and 12 because you, you think that was strange. Said, in verse 11, it says, Thou shalt drink also water by measure, the sixth part of an hen, from time to time shalt thou drink. You know, so here it is, he systematically drinking this water. And then he says in verse 12, And thou shalt eat it as barley cakes, and thou shalt bake it with dung that cometh out of a man. Out of man in their sight. Now, this way he he he, he kind of rebelled at a little bit. Like, <laughs> like, hold on, yeah, wait, wait. You know, I never had anything unclean, so y'all said, okay, he, he done away with the man dog. Say, well, you have to use cow dung instead, huh? I still got to use dung. Now, again, here it is, folks walking by all day, every day like they normally do. And here it is, he cooking, you know, with some dung. Yeah. And they like, what you cooking, man? You know, you're like, man, some more barley cakes. <laughs> you know, we talking about for 430, 430 days he done it. 
430 days he done it. Can you imagine how the folks of his day, how he looked to them? You know, then let's consider Yeshayahu, chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. It says, at the time, at the same time, spake Yahuwah by Yeshayahu, the son of Amaz, saying, go and loose the sackcloth from off thy loins and put off thy shoe from thy foot. And he did so, walking naked and barefoot. And Yahuwah said, like as my servant, Yeshayahu have walked naked and barefoot three years for a sign and wonder upon Mitzrayim and upon Ethiopia. How, how far are you willing to go for Yah? You know, now here it is, Yeshayahu walked around naked for three years, naked and barefoot. You know, then we have Hosea 1, 2, there's the beginning of the word of Yahuwah by Hosea, and Yahuwah said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. For the land have committed great whoredoms departing from Yahuwah. Now here it is. He was told to go marry a whore, a harlot. You know, and then he had little harlot children. You know, and some of their names were so, you know, was was so crazy, you know. Um, you know, meaning not loved and not my people, and which may that may have been true, considering she was a harlot. But you know, <laughs> but um, you know, and Yezreel, which uh, which speaks to planting the Elohim, you know. But you know, spoke of him breaking, uh, breaking Israel, you know. So it's yeah. Can you imagine how folks was looking at him, like? You gonna marry her? Oh, you tripping. You know, and yeah. So just imagine it. You know, um, then we have first, we have Eliyahu um in first Kings 17, 1 through 4. It says, And Eliyahu the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as Yahuwah Elohim of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of Yahuwah came unto him, saying, Get thee thence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the book, the brook Kerah, um, that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Now imagine now, here it is. Now, now I want you to think about this. You know, you hiding out in the wilderness by a brook, and you waiting on some some ravens to come and feed you. You know, I, I just want you to think about that for a minute. You know, this is this is these this is what the men of Elohim, what the prophets, these are some of the things that they were subjected to. You know, this is the price that it paid, the, the price they paid, you know, to be the eyes, the ears, you know, the um nose the mouth, the hands, and the feet of Elohim. You know, you had to look like a look like a fool to your fellow man. You had to look really peculiar to those that were around you. You know, so I, I want you to I want you to understand. I want you to understand that, you know, because you know, for those women of Elohim who have true men of Elohim, some of the things they say and do may not always look like 
like they sang. Mm-hmm. You know, so I suggest that you uh, make sure you use that measuring stick before you jump jump in the water with him. You know, uh, just to make sure he is saying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, 1 Kings 17, 8 and 9, you know, still speaking about Eliyahu speaks of Eli, um, the word of Yahuwah coming unto him and saying, Arise, get to get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, I want you to think about this now, because he was laying there in the wilderness, you know, drinking of this brook until it dried up, you know, waiting on these ravens to come feed him um, until, until it dried up. Now it dried up. Y'all tell him, go to this widow woman to sustain him. Now, this widow woman was in Zidon. This is not, this is not a, uh, it, it wasn't in you know, Israel, you know, this is a stranger's house. You know, it wasn't even the same people, you know, and y'all sending them there, you know, to go to this strange woman, which, which he goes and, and tell the woman, you know, hey, I'm gonna need you to make me something to eat. And she responds by saying, you know, dude, I'm about to, I got just a little bit of meal left. I'm about to about to make me a, a cake for me and my son, and we about to sit, sit over here and die. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, he tell the woman, you know, yeah, that's all well and good, but could you make me a little 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 <laughs> just a little cake first, you know, before you do all that? You know. I mean, Think about it. Would you even have a God to even say that after somebody told you that? You know what I'm saying? You know, but this is what the prophets, this is the type of people they were, and this is what they did for Yah. You know, they was they was willing to put it all on the line. They was they was willing to look to look crazy. They was willing to be those peculiar people. You know, so I just wanted you to, to see that, you know. See what uh, you're in store for when dealing with a true, you know, prophet of Elohim, a true man of Elohim. That's all I have for you today. Pray with a blessing. Hallelujah. Yeah.